With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome on into episode three of Talk is Cheap. Now our second podcast of the three here. We actually have a name for our Giants podcast. It is Talk is Cheap. It is draft week. We have with us here for NJ.com, NJ Advanced Meter, Nick Powell. And Jordan, let me get this right. Jordan, Ron on. There we go. It took three episodes, but you made it. I made it. Joe Julia with you. Uh, as we've been every week the last three weeks, getting you set here for the Giants, the draft, Thursday night. Guys, this is going to be a great week. Yeah, this is, uh, you know, this is one of the most fun weeks of the year, to be honest with you. I mean, people like this stuff. I like it as well. It's an entertainment business, and this is a very entertaining event. As you've seen by the growth over the years. I mean, the speculation, the hype, it all matches. It comes together, and it's a, it's a great, you know, fun thing for every for all 32 teams. Not just, you know, the two teams that are in the Super Bowl. I think that's a key. Yeah, I'm I don't know you. what I'm more excited for, the draft to begin or the mock drafts to end. Um, I think it's like a toss-up, honestly, at this point. You get kind of mock draft fatigued at this point, but it all comes to fruition the first round on Thursday night. So let's start here on, on Episode 3 here of Talk is Cheap with some of the rumors because this is where you really start hearing so much the last week and – you know, probably 90% of it is nonsense, but 10% of it's going to end up being real when Thursday night comes. So let's talk about some of the things we've heard the last week or so since our last podcast. Uh, one of the big ones, we heard Tom McShay, ESPN, they did their ESPN mock draft, and a surprise to the New York Giants, uh, Todd Gurley all of a sudden running back out of Georgia. Everyone knows how good he is, got hurt at the end of last year. Now apparently he's in the top 10, which is rare for running backs these days. What do you make of the Gurley rumors? Smoke on my end. I mean, that's that's what I'm seeing. Uh, this team is not in a position to take that kind of risk on Gurley. You're not going to get him early in this year. I know you don't want to look at what you're getting short-term. This is a long-term investment, but that's a position they're pretty heavily invested at right now with three players. I know, you know, Rashad Jennings' contract is flexible after this year, but it just seems to make a little sense for the Giants at this point. If somebody really wants Todd Gurley that badly, and look, there are people that I, I read of a scout who said he's ranked it, ranked him, graded him actually, just strictly on on-field stuff as one of his top three players. If that's the case, let those guys trade up for him uh, and get more picks. But to me, it seems like smoke to the Giants. They can't afford that that kind of that kind of pick at this point. I also think the days of picking a running back in the top ten are, are maybe past us. I mean, the last one, Trent Richardson, was a colossal bust. Um, you know, you're finding more and more that you can get those kind of players in the you know mid to late rounds even. So I just think, I mean, you know, Gurley's a great player. Don't get me wrong. I think he's going to be very good, you know, provided that the knee holds up. But 
if you know he's still he's still a running back, he's still a guy that you know a, at a position where they're you know these days they're kind of a dime a dozen. I generally agree, but then the, the the comparison is Adrian Peterson. So you think you know then I kind of wrestle with it. Would you pick Adrian Peterson in the top ten? He's pretty unbelievable player. Absolutely, absolutely. So I think if but that's that's where I think there's going to be difficulty evaluating running backs over the next like five years or so, just because. You know, we don't. It the the. How do you tell the difference between you know the the Adrian Petersons and the guys that are maybe just like the tier below? And like, how does that con, you know translate to draft value? I think will be interesting to watch over the next few years. Yeah, I'm with you, and especially because, like you said, Nick, there's so many good running backs in this particular class. I mean, do you even think about taking one this high? I mean, Gurley could be special, and maybe there's no other special ones. But this looks like a a really deep running back class. So Gurley, there's the rumors of him maybe going in the top 10. This is also a deep wide receiver class. And uh, when we first started this podcast, we were talking about some of those great wide receivers in this class and uh, what would be a great scenario for the Giants. And Jordan, you had mentioned Amari Cooper, a receiver like that falling to the Giants. Well, he did visit with them. I mean, is this due diligence? Is there more to this? Do the Giants secretly hope that Amari Cooper is there uh, when they pick uh, on Thursday night? What do you make of Amari Cooper visiting the Giants? Yeah, I'm not even sure what to make of it, to be honest, because, look, they usually don't bring in guys like that, guys that high in the draft, guys that, that you know, well-regarded. And the the probability is he's not even going to last till nine now. So you kind of wonder, does that mean they're looking to trade up for him? Does that mean, I mean, does that mean that they're just doing their due diligence in case he drops? Uh, I think that it's the case of the latter. Uh, they're doing their due diligence in case he drops. They did the same with Kevin White. Uh I don't think it's a smokescreen out there saying, hey, you know, we're looking into receivers to try and get draft picks. The Giants are not big traders. I did that story on it recently about how Jerry Reese has never really been a big trader, never traded down, and has never traded earlier than the third round since he's taken over as general manager. So to me, just do, just doing their due diligence on Amari Cooper. Now, that that being said, I'm, I'm curious to get your take on this too, Jordan. Um I mean, if if Cooper was, you know, if it was a situation like we've outlined in the past with Leonard Williams, where, you know, maybe he drops to five or six, do you entertain trading trading up at that spot if you're the Giants? I think for the answers for Williams, yes, and for Cooper, it's no. For Cooper, I don't think that's as much of a need. That's just, that that would be sort of a, a value pick that they just couldn't afford to pass on him. Uh, kind of deal. Whereas Williams, it's we need that guy. You know, that's the kind of guy we need. And I'm not, I'm not sure that's what you feel with Amari Cooper because you have Odell Beckham at this point. You have yeah, Beckham. Well, you have Cruz. Maybe come back. You have Randall. So you have, you have something there. It's not like you just have one receiver. You do have, you do have some players there at the wide receiver position. And you know, it's going to be a topic. I mean, if if Cooper's there, it's going to be a wild ten minutes for Giants fans. Uh, the last rumor we wanted to talk about and touch on here, I mean, anytime there's a great pass rusher or, or a bunch of great pass rushers, they're going to be associated with the Giants because that's the way they've drafted um, recently. That's the way they've built their football team defensively, especially now it's Spagnuolo back. There was a phone call, Dante Fowler and the Giants. I mean, he's not expected to be there at 9, uh, but what do you make of that, the Giants reaching out and Dante Fowler and, and if he could be possibly there at 9 or a trade-up? I mean, what do we think about that? I just don't see. Any, go ahead, Nick. You go. No, here. I was just gonna say I don't see any way that he falls if that if we're entertaining that scenario. I just think, you know, I mean, it. I guess it depends how you have the pass rushing prospects rank. I mean, it could be any 
I mean, any order from, you know, between Williams, Leonard Williams, Vic Beasley, and, and Dante Fowler. Um, but, I mean, Fowler, I just, with given the, the needs of the teams like, like the Jets and the Bears, I just think if they're if, if he's on the board that low, there's just no way he lasts um, to number nine. But look, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's like Jordan was talking about with Leonard Williams. Maybe it's the same. Maybe it's a similar similar situation. Doing due diligence um, in case he happens to fall, maybe to number five. In which case, um, you know, I think it's a similar situation as Williams. He's he's just as good. Um, if not maybe better as a as just a pure pass rushing prospect, edge rushing prospect than Williams is. I think Fowler's another guy. He's on the long the Williams line in regards to that's a trade up option. That's it. You know the possibility of him. Okay, we're going to do our due diligence. Due diligence. I'm going to get that word right one of these days <laughs> because if he happens to slip, look, who's going number three is the question. You know the two quarterbacks go one two. Who's going three? Right. Then you have, it's going to be probably Fowler or Leonard Williams. And then if a wide receiver happens to go four, because the Raiders, that, that's what they're really looking for, and they, they peg one of those guys as their top guys on the board, okay, now you have Fowler or Williams at five. Those are two guys' potential trade-up options. I think both are, are at the very, very top of the Giants' board, and those would be two guys that they would pounce on. That is why they're keeping a close eye on Dante Fowler. All right, guys, as we get closer here, two couple days away from the NFL draft, you were just outlining, Jordan, you know, how the top of the draft might go, if the quarterbacks go 1-2, then who might slip. When you're thinking about the Giants at 9 and where they could be, I mean, what is the best-case scenario in terms of how the first eight picks play out, and then what's the worst case? I mean, we've heard so much about Brandon Scherf and, and if he's going to be there at 9. If he's gone and the pass rushers are gone and both receivers are gone, that could be a difficult scenario for the Giants. And then if all these guys are there, they obviously have their pick of the litter. So give me a scenario where it's good for the Giants, and then give me a scenario where something happens and it's not so good for the Giants. Well, I think we could all agree that we want the quarterbacks to go one. Everybody wants the quarterbacks to go one-two here. You know, you want you want Winston Mariota. There you go, two picks off the board, two quarterbacks. Nothing to worry about for the Giants there. We all in agreement agreement on that. That makes I, sense. I think that's a safe thing. Okay, so. Now, I think if you're the Giants, you kind of, you know, let the Jaguars take their guy, obviously. It could be Williams or Fowler. Uh, for, you want you hope, for the Giants' sake, that they go with the wide receiver. Uh, you know, whichever one they like. You know, let them go with whoever. And then you're sitting there, okay, now we're at five, and you got one of the top defensive players, either Williams or Fowler, on the board at five. And if the Redskins decide to do something silly, you never know. Uh, then, then you're talking six. So, to me, I think that's the key. Is the key is that number four pick with the Oakland Raiders. You're crossing your fingers and hoping that they go with a wide receiver. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I think I think the key is kind of yeah in that four, five, six. Uh, the, the, that that what is that? That's the Raiders, the Redskins, and the Jets. I think those are the three teams where things can get a little weird, um, especially, I mean, look, you have the looming specter of, of a trade-up for Mariota, but since we're putting that to the side, um, I think, look, the Raiders could take either Kevin White or Mari Cooper. The Jets, who knows? I mean, they could even go with an offensive lineman. I think that's kind of the, the wild card. Say they go for a guy like Brandon Scherf, that kind of shakes up the draft board for, for the Giants and maybe forces them to take the next best offensive lineman on the board, like an Eric Flowers or somebody like that, which could work out for them. But that would be kind of – so I, I kind of agree that, that that range of picks is going to be where things uh, 
things could get a little dicey for the Giants. So what you don't want is you don't want Sheriff to go six, and you don't want you know the wide receivers to go let's say four and seven. You know, White to uh, you know Cooper to to the Raiders, and then seven to who said who do we say seven again? Chicago. Bears. The Bears. Bears yeah. Yeah, right. So then you go there, and then you get the the Falcons at eight. They take Vic Beasley because they're in desperate need of a pass rusher. That's the Giants' spot where you say, okay, then they're kind of in the, in a hard place. Okay, you know, Beasley, Fowler, Williams, the top three defensive guys, I believe, on their board are gone. Uh, the two quarterbacks are gone. The two top two wide receivers are now gone. It kind of backs you into the spot of, okay, who we got now? We have uh, Fla- Eric Flowers. That's pretty much our guy, unless unless they consider, uh, you know, they're going to consider Shane Ray, which I really doubt it because he just doesn't kind of fit what they're doing. Randy maybe Gunn, forget it. Who was that? No, I was gonna say maybe Trey Waynes might be an option. Yeah, Waynes. Waynes is kind of like the only guy there. It's like Waynes, Shelton, who, who most people were considering Waynes and Shelton like a little outside the top ten. Right. Uh, you know, Flowers, Pete, uh, Andrews, Pete from Stanford, and uh, that's kind of where the Giants would be stuck in. You mentioned uh, Flowers and Pete, and obviously we've talked about Sheriff a lot here as the Giants' potential pick. Last week you guys were there. Jerry Reese spoke. Some of the players spoke, including uh, Justin Pugh, and he seemed pretty open here. I mean, the Giants, I think we'd all agree they could use one more lineman, though the way they have a fit, you know, the four guys they have you look at and say they're going to play and start, you could move some of them around different spots, Justin Pugh being the most natural to maybe move inside to guard if they do get a true tackle. What did you think of that? Of Pugh basically saying, yeah, I'll move to guard if you get tackled. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it, it was, uh, I mean, a show of selflessness on Pugh's part for sure. Um, you know, I mean, a guy who was drafted as a tackle might, you know, might bristle at the notion of, of changing positions um, even when, you know, especially since he's had he's had some success at that position, not so much last year, but more as a rookie. Um, but I think, uh, you know, what what's great about drafting a guy like Scherf is it gives you that kind of positional flexibility with with Pew and Scherf. So if you want, if you see him more as a tackle, then you know maybe you move him, move Pew inside to guard. Scherf is your is your right tackle, or you know maybe you let him get his feet wet at guard, maybe a, a kind of a less you know a less demanding position, and let the more experienced veteran in Pew um, take over the tackle position. But I mean, you figure that the the starters are going to be in some way, shape, or form, depending on which side. Um, Beatty at left tackle, Schwartz at either right guard or left guard, probably left guard. Richburg at center, um, and then like I said, either you know Pew at right tackle, or maybe and you know potentially a guy like John Jerry at right guard if they don't draft somebody. Um, so there's definitely room for a guy like Scherf, and he could be that you know that missing piece for the O line. I've been trying to warn people though. This is a this is a really tough situation here. You look at right tackle, a Justin Pugh in year one might be a better right tackle than whoever they draft, whether it's Brandon Scherf or Eric Flowers. You look at the right tackles or the offensive tackles, that even that have been drafted in the top ten the past couple of years, it is a hard position to come in and succeed right away. So year one, I think Justin Pugh might stay at right tackle even if they draft one of these guys. So I, I don't think it's an absolute certainty, and I think he wanted to be proactive here. Look, he's tired of hearing everyone t- say, you know, are you moving the guard, you should move to guard, this and that. Uh, I think he actually had David Deal possibly get in his ear, and that's why he brought up David Deal and say, hey, look, it doesn't matter where you play. Things will work out. Uh, you know, you see Pew mentioned, hey, Deal played left tackle. He played guard. He played this. He played that for the Giants and uh, worked out just fine for him. He had a very nice career. So 
I think that kind of helped Pew ease the worries and made him feel a little better because at the end of last year, he was kind of sick of hearing about him playing guard. So uh, I think that's what that comment was all about. Yeah, obviously it went over well for Giants fans because he's a guy who looks unselfish now and someone you could plug in the offensive line wherever you need him to. Uh, we have some questions here from Twitter. Uh, and MYG Corey had this one. It's a good question, I think, because we've talked about Scherf. We've talked about maybe those top receivers, one of the two of them falling to the Giants. But of all the defensive prospects that could be there at nine, if the Giants are going to go defense here in the first round, which defensive prospect fits the Giants the best? And we know Leonard Williams and Fowler are probably the first two to go, but which one would fit the Giants best in a perfect scenario at nine? Nick, you want to take it? They go defense in the first round. I think at number nine, probably. I mean, the best fit might be a guy like Trey Waynes. Honestly, I mean, they they you know you look at cornerback not necessarily as as the biggest need for the Giants right now, but then you look at the depth chart and you see that behind Prince Amukamara and Dominique Rogers Cromartie, there's really not that much depth. I mean, they signed this guy Josh Gordy from Indianapolis, but Jerry Reese is adamant that he's more of a safety. Um, they've got guys like you know Shockey Brown who are going to convert to safety. So they really they need some some guys behind uh, Prince and Dominique Rogers Cromartie, both of whom have had some injury problems. So I think Waynes could be a guy that um, you develop kind of as a third quarter as a rookie, and then um, you know who knows what happens. Maybe um, you know maybe you you keep Prince uh, you re-sign Prince to a long-term extension, and then uh, you get rid of. Uh, Dominique Rogers Cromartie down the road, and you hang on to three really good corners. Quarterback depth is never a bad thing to have in this day and age, especially with all the spread offenses. Yeah, they learned that last year, the Giants, when everybody got injured, and their quarterback depth turned into uh, a, a huge hole. Uh, so, but, you know, I think it's okay. Look, like you said, the ideal fit is safety, but there is no safety that's the best, you know, that fits that spot that's worth the ninth pick in this draft. So, that kind of puts it, makes it a tough question to answer. So, to me, besides that, best fit, I think, would actually be Vic Beasley because he's that pass rusher. If he's available nine, he's going to be close. So, we'll, I think, we'll, so we'll see. But if he's available nine, I think he's the best fit because look what he does to their defense. Look, in my opinion, they have enough defensive linemen that they can get by, that they're okay at that spot and end, end and tackle if they have really good linebackers. Now, if all of a sudden you're putting Vic Beasley at weak side linebacker with Devin Kennard at strong side linebacker and you cross your fingers in the middle and you hope you can get enough out of, out of John Beeson, uh, all of a sudden your linebacking core, instead of becoming a liability, all of a sudden becomes more of a strength. Uh, you know, the defensive line, I think, you know, Jason Pierre-Paul and Demontre Moore, I think that's two pretty solid pass rushers on passing downs. Robert Ayers throw them on the inside, outside. Uh, you know, Cullen Jenkins, another good pass rusher, if he could stay healthy, obviously getting older. And then Jonathan Hankins. So, I, I'm not, you know, I think that is the ideal move for the Giants if you really want to see this defense upgraded. Look, Steve Spagnola, we know what he does. He attacks, he's inventive, he's innovative. Vic Beasley would be a really good player for his defense in regards to that, you know, it makes their defense much more multiple. You know, they're, they're just more versatile. They could come from more angles, from more spots, and that's exactly what Steve Spagnuolo likes to do. So I like Vic Beasley if he's there at number nine, be the yes, best fit. We've talked so much about the number nine pick the first round naturally. I mean, that's Thursday night. That's where we're going to talk about the most, and, and you get the most impact players there, at least you imagine. But every year, second, third round, I mean, a lot of good players 
come out of that and play right away and make impact. So how about at number 40? We had a question here uh, from NY Sports Fan 95 on Twitter. Wanted to know, who are the top options for the Giants in the second round? 40th overall selection, unless they move up or down, but that's where they sit right now. Second round pick, give it thoughts, you know, based on what you think they're going to do in the first round that, that, you know, could be an option in the second round. We'll start with Nick. Yeah, no, so well, we were talking about, you know, potential safety options at number nine, which there really aren't that many. And um, I think there's a possibility that a guy like Kevin Johnson from Wake Forest could be there in the second round. He's kind of a, a taller, rangy cornerback. Um, you know, could be a guy that you develop behind, again, behind Prince and, and, and DRC for the first couple of years. Um, but then I also think, you know, Jordan has pointed out a guy like Quentin Rollins from Miami of Ohio. Um, you know, who's a guy who could probably play a little bit of cornerback and safety. And that flexibility is important, obviously, like, like we were talking about. The spread type of offenses in the league nowadays, you see a lot of three and four wide receiver sets. There's a lot of athletic tight ends. You need those guys in the secondary who can kind of, you know, move around a lot, cover the slot guy, cover the tight ends, um, you know, play on the outside a little bit. So guys like Rollins, Kevin Johnson, I think those are those are those could be, you know, targets in the in the middle rounds. And I think that's kind of going to be the sweet spot for the secondary for the Giants in, in the second, third, fourth round. Yeah, for me, I'm a big fan of Stefan Anthony, a middle linebacker out of Clemson. I just think, you know, we mentioned a couple minutes ago, you're crossing your fingers with John Beeson. So you're hoping a guy like Stefan Anthony can stay healthy. I mean, there should be good wide receivers there too, guys that might be too much for them to pass up, uh, you know, too high on their board to pass up if a guy like, Nelson Aguilar, who I think is actually going to be drafted in the middle of the first round, is somehow there. Guys like that, uh, Devin Smith from uh, uh, Ohio State. If any of these guys are sitting there early in the second round, I think that's a way that they you might see them going. But uh, I would also keep an eye on it. If they don't go offensive line in the first round, that makes offensive line a much bigger need in the second round. I could see a guy like Ty Sambrello going. Uh, he's a, from Colorado State, Western Richburg's teammate. Or maybe one of those projects, uh, I don't even want to pronounce the Texas A&M kid's name, uh, uh, you know, a guy like T.J. Clemmings, if, he, if he's still around early in the second. Those kind of guys might be good offensive line projects, but uh, do they really want to go project-wise in the second round? Eh, I'm not so sure about that. All right, guys, we'll wrap up Episode 3 of Talk is Cheap two days before the NFL draft with this. Give me a bold prediction for something that will happen Thursday night. Could involve the Giants, could involve something else big in the first round, but it has to be bold. It can't just be, well, the Giants take Brandon Scherf at nine. That might happen. It's probably going to happen. Give me something bold that will happen on Thursday night. I'll go first here, and I've, I've mentioned this before as a possibility the Giants are high on Leonard Williams. I see the Giants really trying to make this move up. Uh, if he's there at four, I really see them, or especially if he's there at five, see them going and trying to make that move. Uh, I think this is a guy that they would do it for. There's very few guys that they would do it for. He's one. Dante Fowler, eh, maybe another. But I, I really think the one guy that they absolutely have a chance of doing it for is Leonard Williams. I'm going to say the Giants go and do that, and Leonard Williams is a big move they make. They move up and get him, even though, even though it's going to be costly. All right, so my bold prediction is a little less, uh, maybe a little less bold than Jordan's, but I think two offensive linemen are going to go in the top ten. I think Brandon Scherf will be one of them, and I think the the second will be someone either 
maybe a, an, an Eric Flowers, an Andrews Pete, uh, maybe somebody that we're not even really expecting, like a like a Lyle Collins from uh, from LSU. But I think two two O linemen will will get picked in the top ten. One of them will be a little bit overrated for that spot. I think Scherf is probably worth a top ten pick. I don't think anybody else really is quite worth uh, you know that kind that kind of value. I'll give you mine. I, I think the Giants are going to be boring at number nine and take Scherf, but I think they're going to trade back into the first round later in the right at the end of the night and take Eric Rowe out of Utah, the kid that we've heard about. He could play free safety corner. Maybe they fill that position there. So I think I think the Giants trade back into the first round. That's my bold prediction. But it's going to be fun. Couple days from now, it is the first round of the NFL draft, and uh, and you guys obviously will be covering it for NJ.com and NJ Advanced Media. And we'll talk about it next week on episode four of Talk is Cheap. Yeah, well, hopefully eight new players. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. Eight new players. Guys, enjoy the draft. Everyone, thanks for listening. Uh, and we'll be back next week with episode four. We'll recap the draft and, and really start looking at the roster uh, post-draft and, and really what it'll look like for 2015.